Hola and hello friends. Welcome to the Medicine, Marriage and Money podcast, the only podcast for dual physician couples who want to achieve marital interdependence and financial freedom together. In this podcast, you will learn how to show up as the best version of yourself so that you can love intentionally and build a stronger and more financially savvy relationship with your spouse. And I am your host, a physician mom, a doctor's wife, and a life coach, Dr. Kate Mangona. Welcome and bienvenidos. Please welcome our guest on today's episode of Medicine, Marriage, and Money. We are here with Dr. Vicki Chan Kim. She is an ophthalmologist, an entrepreneur, a Rodana Fields extraordinaire, fashionista, TikTok dancing queen, social media enthusiast, speaker, blogger, mother of two strong children, and how many dogs? And an amazingly supportive and loving wife. Oh my gosh, Mickey, that was a mouthful. Um, yeah, thank you, you make me sound way, I mean, I'm like, wow, that's funny. Yeah, well, we're so glad you're here. Was that a decent enough description? Or is there anything you That's amazing. Like to I feel like I need to re- re-listen to this and write that all down. That is amazing. <laughs> I was just going off like how I know you, right? Amazing. So, well, today we hope to get a small glimpse into your life to better understand how you do it all. So tell us a little bit about your day-to-day and the structures or routines you have in place in your home or at work just to support your family and relationship. And I know these may have been different before the global pandemic. And so please feel free to share how these have changed and how you have found or are currently finding your new normal. I mean, I think it's a work in progress. I think we are lucky in that we actually had a lot of systems in place already before the pandemic. So I feel very lucky and blessed that we were kind of set up pretty well. For example, like we have a live-in nanny. Um, okay. Peter and I both work part-time and these were all set already before going into the pandemic. So um, the transition for us wasn't as shocking, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So we recognize that and we're so grateful. But just to back up, you know, like you say, oh, you do it all. I mean, it's so interesting because (laughs) I don't. Like I said, I have help. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a living nanny. We work part-time. My husband's super supportive. We actually have – my parents are not too far away, and in-laws just moved in. So I have a lot of help. That's amazing. Okay, so you're amazing. It is amazing. But I want to say, you know, part of it, I feel very lucky. Okay. I want to also stress that this is how Peter and I designed it. You right. Know, like we had a vision of what type of life we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't both of us working full time on call, stressed, work to the bone, never seeing our children. You know, that was not the life that we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because we saw colleagues and other people living that life. And that wasn't what we wanted. And right. So we, we decided, I would say, maybe like six years ago when my daughter was born, that we just decided like, well, you know what, this, we're going to make some changes. Cause up until then, you know, we did, we did the normal, you know, we went to medical school, we took out loans, we Mm -hmm. graduated, we both worked full time. We took call work weekends, work night. We, we did that, you know, and I think after having my daughter, we quickly realized that that was very hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, yeah. When you bring a new life into this world, you want to spend time with them, right? Yes. 
Okay. So, and your live-in nanny, does, is that something that has she had any issues during this pandemic? Or I mean, is she just kind of smooth sailing the way she was before? Yeah. I mean, we got really lucky actually, because we had just hired her not long before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I want to say too, that that's, that's a transition also. Like we always have this conversation with other um, physician parents, like, oh, you know, should we get a live-in? Should we get an au pair? Should we get, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, do we need someone? Should we just do daycare? And I am a huge proponent for a live-in nanny, partially because we tried, you know, just a regular, regu- I mean, regular, like full-time right. nanny who only and go, nanny. who came and went, who who worked mm-hmm. until I got home and then would leave and then come in the next morning. And I just found that really stressful because, you know, she'd be, she's human. She'd be late some mornings. And so I would be stressed going to work and then I'd be late sometimes. And then she would be annoyed because she would have to stay late. Um, or I would feel very rushed getting home. And you know that feeling you walk through the door and she's out, right? Right. And oh, yeah. You, you don't have a minute to decompress or to breathe or shower or whatever. And exactly. I remember walking through the door, um, I would have to feed my daughter. And I don't remember if like, I would have to feed her and then get myself fed because mm-hmm. I would breastfeed her later. Because right? she must have been almost like a, almost a year or something at that point, right? Okay. So, you know. Okay. That, you know because I could not eat, right? And then be expected to be <laughs> TMI. I'm sorry for any of you. Oh, no, that's <laughs> not there. <laughs> and so when Peter and I decided to have our second, that was one of, and that was before we, we decided to go part-time, kind of like, you know, we were kind of in that transition before we had actually like solidified what we were, our schedules would be like. I had made that arrangement. Like I want to live in nanny if we're going to have a second because I can't juggle everything. Right. So we got a live in nanny and then through that process, I went part time. And then we've gone through maybe three live in nannies at this point. Just, you know, that it happens, right? You know, nannies yeah. can go. And this nanny just started, I would say maybe three months before, three months before the pandemic. And exactly. we got lucky because she um, lives with her daughter and then the husband and the husband's mom is also in the household with them. And okay. so she doesn't mind being out of the house because it's too crowded and her family, they're all in healthcare also. So her daughter and son are both nurses. So she totally, she understood like everything. So she oh. actually was very flexible. So when it got bad um, in March and April, like when everything shut down, she just stayed mm-hmm. with us. She didn't go home. Like she was totally flexible or understood the situation and, you know, she didn't want to be going back and forth anyways. Um, so we got, we got just beyond lucky. When we lost our previous nanny, we were like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. And we ended up getting this nanny that has been amazing. We've been lucky. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to speak to you more about the, the live-in nannies. Cause I mean, uh, we have had an au pair for a year. So did you investigate having an au pair at all? No, I mean, I, um, no, only just because, um, we're in California and, okay. um, for Asia, I don't know. I don't want to stereotype, but you know, we're in California, we're in Los Angeles and the Asian live in nanny is just kind of the way to go, you know, for, okay. I, I wanted a Mandarin speaking Asian nanny and there right. are a plethora of those here in Los Angeles. And so I didn't even look in the au pair route. Got um, it. But since we're talking about, you know, live in nannies, just for any of those of you who are wondering, you know, live in nanny is awesome because they're there not only during the day. And so even though our kids did go to school, mm-hmm. Uh, before the pandemic, 
And we still had her and thankfully, thank God, right? <laughs> Just yes. Amazing. Um, <laughs> but like during the day she would cook and clean. And then um, when the kids would come, when we would all come home, she then, she could feed them and she could at least help with the kids while I took a shower, you know, like exactly. a minute. So it wouldn't be so stressful for me and Peter, like walking through the door and, you know, not having a minute to rest. So it's nice to have a living in because they will be there in the mornings to help with like getting yourself out the door to school, mm-hmm. which is stressful, and then coming home um, and then just helping with that kind of bedtime. I always call it like the dinner time, bath time, bedtime circus. Right? You're just trying to get everything, everyone corralled and wet bodies running around. Yeah. So it's everything in their own ring. Yeah. <laughs> and so, okay. So you, but you probably have some somewhat set work hours for her, correct? Or does yeah, she just kind of, she, you know, we're pretty flexible. We don't, we didn't actually write down, but she'll take break. Like sometimes she'll go into her, into her room and oh, she'll, okay. yeah. so her hours she are really, I guess you would say, so she, her responsibilities is morning. So she does the meals, right? So morning okay. lunch, I guess now she didn't have to do lunch before. Right. So it would, it originally was breakfast, dinner. Okay. And then just throughout the day, whenever she had time to clean a little bit, whenever she had time to do the laundry, she would just do that. Right. So it's not so much hours. It's just duties, I guess, because the kids are at school. So she's not watching. She wasn't watching the kids during. And now that her kids are at home. The kids are at home and it's the same thing. So she does the meals and now she does lunch. So she does the three meals. She does the laundry. She does the cleaning. um, Okay. Childcare. So that's my you know. Oh, okay. Okay. I still watch the kids and she can too, but they run circles around her. <laughs> yes. Know? Yeah. You're in I charge. That's part right? of it too. <laughs> my well, kids are wild. Like I don't want her to quit. That's, I mean, that's like my thing. I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, our au pair actually had a pretty good handle on the children, but the au pair, like au pair world right now is kind of in crisis. Yes. Yeah. It is. Nobody's coming in. Nobody's going out. They just announced this new J-1 visa exception that maybe if you're a healthcare worker, maybe you'll get, you know, exception and somebody will. Yeah. So, and then the au pairs here in the country are stuck yeah. and the au pairs who are here are all like sad and depressed I because know. they can go out and party I know. in their free time. Yeah. And it's, it's like better where they're from. So they're probably like, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, my, my au pair was from Colombia and it's still, it's, she says it's really bad in Colombia too. So. so she might be, is she okay staying here or kind of? Okay? Well, she wasn't okay staying with us. She just <laughs> left this morning, actually. <laughs> she left this morning. Yeah. She matched with a different family. We found out um, last week she wasn't happy. And then within, um, we were, she was going to stay here for 14 days and the au pair agency said, well, because her year is actually up today that she had to be with a different family on tomorrow. Oh no. And so they gave us two days to oh. rematch her and we didn't even bother rematching. I just called my parents up and I was like, can you drive 10 hours down here and get here by tomorrow? So I could do this interview with Dr. Vicky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh my oh. gosh. I can't even. Very emotionally exhausting the past few days, but you know what? Victor and I are like, we're going to learn and grow from this and figure out what to do better next time, what questions to ask. Because, you know, she was happy up until a few, like, really just this past month when we got really strict with, um, and we were strict before, but then we laxed 
we got a little bit lax, but then the numbers soared again in Dallas. So yeah, tightened up. That's right. And that's what happens with nannies too. And that's why we've had to let go. You know, they, you have a nanny and then they get used to things and then yeah. you, you know, if then you raise expectations again and then we've had nannies leave. Yeah. Yeah. So it happens. Well, okay. My next question was going to be like, you and Peter always seem to have it together and how does that work? And I know you kind of answered a little bit about that um, because you always make, you know, these TikTok videos about how it's not always all rainbows and sunshines, but it always like looks that way, right? From the outside. I mean, you're all over Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and it does really look like you're having a party the whole time. Are there any keys uh, that you can give us like that make a strong, successful marriage as two working professionals? I mean, I think, well, first of all, social media is very, it's dangerous in that way, right? Like mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. you only post the good photos, you only post the good stories and the good videos. So those are the only things that go out. So that's the first thing. So anyone, you know, you always take social media with a huge grain of salt, right? Um, secondly, I do think, you know, a good marriage, it's always constant, you know, it's not like, oh, we did this one thing and now it's perfect. I mean, it's every day. We literally just this morning, we had another conversation, you know, just about, you know, what our new normal, we always did with the new normal, right? What is the new yep. normal? And it's always that way. Like the new normal when the kids, when Eddie was born and the new normal, when they started going to school and then the new normal, when the, the pandemic hit. And then literally now the new normal that they're not going back to school in the fall, right? So right. it's, you just have to always, you always just have to be communicating and just setting the expectations and voicing your ex, like, what is it that he needs and what is it that I need? That way we can, we can meet it, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Because there's always going to be like you, once you find that groove, there always seems to be another bump or another storm. I mean, Yeah. Yeah. So communication. Um, okay. Let, and also let's backtrack a little bit because I know we, we're talking about what's going on now. Let's talk about when you and Peter first met and, um, you know, let's revisit your first memories of him. Tell me about the first time you guys met and was it love at first sight? <laughs> so it's like so nerdy, right? So we met in medical school. So we were out in Baltimore. He, um, was at the University of Maryland. I was at Hopkins and we met at a, was it a Asian Pacific American medical student? Oh, a PAMSA. A PAMSA. Yeah. Was it yeah. Asian Pacific American medical student society? Student As Association or society? Yes. Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, but the, basically all the Asians, right? All the Asians. No, no, I always wanted to go to those with my good friend, Beverly. And she's always like, no, you don't want to go to that. We're, we're all just Asian. We just want to <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was one of those. So it was his, so it was his chapter of University of Maryland and then okay. our chapter at Hopkins. And that worked out because he used to he used to go to Hopkins for undergrad. So he knew a lot of my medical school classmates, right? So okay. they to arrange it and we all met up at like this house party. And um, yeah, and that's where we met. And we, we tell the story. Like I remember I came with a bunch of my friends and he answered the door. Uh huh. With the girl, with his classmate who owned the house. Okay. Right? So he opens the door, and I always say like, "Oh, I thought you were dating her." Oh, it's actually Nietzsche. You know Nietzsche, right? Oh, yes, I know Nietzsche. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yes, because I have heard that she was there when you guys first she met. She was there. It was her house. That, <laughs> okay. that, that, 
um, that the party was at. And I assumed they were dating. And I guess uh-huh. he saw me and my friend and assumed that we were dating. So it was one of those, like, you notice, but not really, right? You, like, kind of notice, but mm-hmm. yeah. And we were at this party. And then I remember at one point I saw him talking to one of my classmates. I was like, he's not dating that other girl, right? Like, <laughs> like because he was chatting up with, with my classmate. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess he's single. So I took an opportunity to go talk to him. Uh, and- you like you liked him already. Kind of. I was like, well, you know, like, well, if he's, if he's single, right? Like, <laughs> if he's not dating anyone, I mean, I should go talk to him. Right. And yeah. And so I talked to him and and I don't remember if it was before or after, but he was the president of his chapter. So he did speak a little bit. So I was impressed that, you know, he could like, uh, he could, yeah. you know, his- stand up and he could kind of <laughs> engage a room. Right. So I was mm-hmm. impressed with that. And yeah, so we just talked and we had a really good time. We had a really great conversation. And I, <laughs> and, and then the meeting was over, you know, mm-hmm. and his class was going to go. We were both actually going to see a movie. So his group of friends were going to see a movie and my group of friends was going to go see a movie. And um, actually, we were, we always, these are details you remember, right? We were going to go see Eight Mile. Oh, yes. Eight Mile. His group of friends were going to go see Harry Potter. <laughs> okay. And I remember he was like, Do you want to come with us? I'm like, No, I'm not coming with you to see, you to see Harry Potter. You want to see Eight Mile? <laughs> right. I'm going to go see Eight Mile. And so, and, I, and he was like, All right, well, then see ya. Right. And that was it. Okay. That, was, that was his conversation. That, that was hit the end of his. And I was like, wait a mm-hmm. second. Like this. So I was like, do you want my phone number? And he was like, sure. And so that was, yeah, I gave him my phone number. He called three days later. So that was his. <laughs> okay. So yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's not a number of days, right? He called, he called. <laughs> I, was joke. I was like, that's the, that's, that's how long you're supposed to wait. Okay. That's <laughs> there's like, I don't know if I, but days, I always joke with them. I was like, you waited the exact right number of days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And then, okay. And then after that, what, what were the reasons you fell in love with him? I mean, I think, I, mean, I think I appreciated his confidence, you know, like we I always have these stories that like, so my, our first date, <laughs> our first date was, very nice. We had dinner and then we got drinks, but it was in the winter of Baltimore, right? Okay. So he came pick he came pick me. It was snowing. He brought me flowers. We parked. And it, during that time there was a lot of construction going on in Baltimore, just kind of in this one area. So we like parked, went to go get dinner, came back, his car was gone. What? It'd been towed. Oh, yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was going to be buried under snow. No, no, no. Or... It was, it was towed. And it was, and we had parked kind of in this construction area. And it, I mean, oh, I okay. the signs more closely. But, anyways, his car was towed. And I would have freaked. I mean, it was your first date. It was our first date. I would have been, I mean, even, you know, like I've never gotten my, tar- my car towed. You know, like I've maybe gotten two tickets ever. So no. I, <laughs> I know I would have been freaking out. But he was so, cal- I mean, he was so calm. Like, he, you know, we like hid in this like half constructed house, like in the mm-hmm. garage, you know, just to stay out of the snow. And he called, he found his car. He knew where it was. He called his friend. His friend came to pick us up. Did, were there cell phones at that time or who? who there were cell phones at the time. There were no like lifts or Ubers then. Okay. Okay. No lifts yeah. or Ubers. There were cell phones though. Okay. So this I'm was in 2002, three. 
2002. Yeah. Yeah. Walkie talkie self. Yeah. I had like a walkie talkie thing. Yeah. Like flip phones or something. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't an iPhone. So he um, called his friend and his friend came and picked us up in his Jeep. Okay. And took us home. But the whole time, Peter was like super calm, super collected. Oh. And this is like in different iterations of it. Like, you know, we went on, we went on another date and he lost his wallet. And, you know, he oh was able to I mean, there's all these stories. And every time he was like super cool and clean. And I remember thinking, like, wow, this guy's like so <laughs> mature and so calm. Little do I know this happens all the time. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh my gosh, like you had another ticket or oh my gosh, like where's the car? <laughs> you lost something else. Yeah. Like let's come up with some <laughs> where we put things. Um, okay. <laughs> I was very impressed at it because he was used to it. <laughs> so calm, cool, collected, and confident despite, despite these small flaws that can be revealed. <laughs> yeah. You know what? On one of my very first dates with Victor, when we first met in residency, he we, it was to a wedding and he accidentally wrapped his car keys in the wedding present. And so <laughs> we, we, we were leaving the wedding and we couldn't even get into his car because he didn't have his car keys. <laughs> and this was like on a little island just outside. It's called Belle Isle, just next to Detroit. Oh and uh, Belle Isle, it's like a special little island in the bridges they they close like you can't get or they they, you can't get across the bridge after an hour so we were stuck on this like desolate island in the wedding venue we had to sleep i think in like the the bride's room the bridal room we had to sleep in the bridal room this was like one of our first (gasps) days well how'd you find the key or the 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 so it's so funny we were also in charge of because there was a dog the 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 people who were getting married had a dog in the wedding pictures and we were supposed to be in charge of like going to take care of the dog. And we couldn't even do that. So he, I think we ended up calling his brother. Uh, his brother came to get us the next morning so we could go home and shower and, you know, like just yeah. do all the things. And then we went back to Belle Isle, the little island, for the reception, the Sunday brunch, the morning okay. brunch. Okay. The bridal okay. brunch. And luckily she had opened all of her presents by then. I mean, I don't even remember opening all my presents oh, the next no. day. Oh, Yeah. Oh she found his keys and and because it was in his present, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh, you must have been like, "What is this?" Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and 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 to add to 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 add to everything, I mean, yeah, Victor's I mean, um, the bottom of his shoe was coming undone, so he tripped while we were like trying to figure out what was going on oh after the wedding, gosh. and he got this big gash in his forehead, and we had to go like. Tried it. We went to the hospital the next day to see if it needed to be sewn up by our, you know, our co-residents. But oh my was, gosh, that's hilarious! I mean, story and you know, and and it and all worked out and funny and fun afterwards. And <laughs> <laughs> right, but yeah, Victor was kind of calm and cool and collected about the whole thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so are these the same reasons that you are still in love with Peter? I think so. I mean, I think. Just like I said, like we're very different in that way. You know, I would be very stressed out and very like everything has to be planned out. Mm-hmm. I think he appreciates that about me. I know it drives him crazy a lot, but he has, you know, he appreciates that that things are kind of in order. And I appreciate about him that he's he's the one that brings the excitement and the fun and like you know he plans the vacations. He has the ideas of like let's go do this, let's go do that. And if not for him, I. 
be just sitting at home. I'm like perfectly happy during this pandemic. Like seriously. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one like, oh, let's go you know, bike ride. Let's get a tent. Let's do this. Let's do that. And that's, you know, and that I appreciate that because the kids love it. He's fun. Yes. Yeah, spontaneous. Well, spontaneous. And- He's the one that travels. And so he's the one that when we w- both went part-time, we started traveling together, which has been, was super fun and hopefully will be, you know. Again. Um, yes. Yeah. Go so, on your- yeah, I definitely appreciate, appreciate that about him so much. Okay. Well, okay. Let's shift the conversation a little bit into um, some money talk because both of our husbands love investing. (laughs) We both know that, and also being on the same financial page is super key, right? To making marriage work. How did you and Peter get on the same financial page in terms of like spending, saving, investing? I grew up, so my parents are traditional, like they came here from Asia, like they are the traditional or the first generation, right? First generation Asian parents. Mm-hmm. My father's a physician. My mom is a stay-at-home mom. So very traditional, right? Worked hard, saved all their money. Yeah. So we grew up not poor, but I mean, we grew up like, you know, respecting money and saving mm-hmm. and not too much, right? And I remember my parents fighting all the time, like all the time, right? Because my dad worked so hard. About over money. Yeah. Because oh, okay. my dad worked so hard. Um, and he is kind of like Peter in a sense, like he worked so hard and he wanted to be able to spend it. Like, mm-hmm. so he wanted to go on vacations and he wanted, and my mom was like a penny pincher, like very like, well, no, we got to save for school. And we got to save for this. We got to think about this and think about that. Like more, a lot like me, like very security, you know, she wanted mm-hmm. the security and they would fight all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. And then how they divided it is my dad made the money and my mom handled it. So my mom, you know, traditional roles, like she paid all the bills. And so she ran the accounts. Mm-hmm. And so she did all that stuff. And so, I mean, there was the whole spending. So you kind of controlling. Yeah. So it's so exactly. So it's like a whole spending saving struggle, but also the control struggle. Right. You know? Right. Um, so a lot of different layers to it. Not that looking back, I understand. I mean, they fought so much. And um, when Peter and I first met, it was very similar. You know, we, you know, obviously you don't, you have your own checking accounts or whatever, you know, when you first meet and you have your own credit cards and I didn't have any, I mean, I had debt, but I didn't have any credit card debt, right? I didn't have any credit card debt. I had my own bank account, which I saved money and I had a little like saving in there, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause I worked, you know, in high school and college taught, okay. tutored. And then he <laughs> had like dozens of credit cards, all the debt, didn't For all the know, points. Like yeah, the- I have no idea. Like he, he'll tell you his story. Um, he, <laughs> oh, I was going to say Victor should interview Peter because I mean, you know, yes, you no, hear the two different stories or you can or whatever, but he had all these credit cards and he would say himself, like he would just be walking like on college campus and like, Oh, you know, sign this, sign up to get a f- free hat or sign up to get like a free teacher yeah. and do it. Like he, cause he didn't know, realize that it affects your credit score. Your credit, right? And his credit score was, uh, by the time we checked it, it was terrible. Like he, you know, because he had so many open credit cards and anyways, and we used to fight because I'd be like, you need to pay off these credit cards. Like, why do you have so many credit cards? Like, you need to close them. You need to do this. You need to do that. Like, how come you're not doing this? And he was like, you know, relax. Like, we only live once. Like, who, what's the big deal? Like, blah, blah, blah. And we would fight. It was even before we got married. Like, we would fight. Mm-hmm. I remember, and I don't even remember when exactly, but I just remember at one point, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fight anymore. Right. And I, and I don't remember when exactly that happened, but 
Wow. Okay. It was basically a decision. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just not going to fight anymore. Like we're a two doctor family. Um, I'm lucky that my parents, because they save so much, you know, they mm-hmm. help us a lot. Like they, they're there. And so for me, I'm like, you know what? Like I'm, it's not worth it in my marriage to fight. So I'm just going to let him do what he wants to do. And, and I've always told him, I was like, can we afford, I mean, as long as we can afford it, like whatever you want to do as far as investments and whatever, 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 you know, if you want to buy this or pay for whatever, like if we can afford it, uh-huh. then I trust you. Right. Like, yes, if you're not gonna endanger our family. Like I trust you. Right. And that's always, I've always told him that I was like, I, as long as you're not, as long as we can afford it. And yeah. And that, that's kind of been, Okay. You just made this decision. And since then, I mean, since then, wouldn't you say he's changed? Like, does he still go and open up all these credit cards? No, no. And no. So I think, you know, he's much obviously matured since then. Yes. You know, and he's, and it might've been that I saw that. Right. So it it could have been, and again, I cannot, I can't even pinpoint the moment. Right. But I mean, you, I, admit that he has grown since then. So yes. So, you know, all those credit cards, that doesn't happen anymore. He has gotten very smart um, with his money. I mean, we still like to spend and travel and things like that, but you know, he's very responsible in that he, we wash the money, we make sure that there's enough coming in. That's, you know, like what's going out and that you're making your money work for you. All the things that he stands for. Right. Right. Um, No, I mean, the Peter then is different than the Peter now. Yeah. Yeah. So the division, okay, so you, you told, uh, told us a little bit about the division of labor of your parents. Is that how, how do you guys do things? Um, who sits down to pay the bills or find the investment opportunities or well, that's, figure out? That's all, that's all him. Yeah. So he all does him. all that stuff. And it, it was part of the thing because, and I remember telling him, I was like, you know, if you want to do that, then you handle, because I don't want to see the bills, right? Like if you're going to, yeah, I told him, it's like, if you're going to oh, because he's spending and that, whatever, okay. then I don't want to see them. Right. So mm-hmm. that was agreement. And so he took over everything. And, and I think, you know, and I think that's part of it too. And I don't want to say that it, it forced him to grow a little bit, but I mean, when you have control over everything, then you see everything. And maybe that was part of the reason why he has become so, you know, cause he sees it all. About it. He's, is he yeah. a number person? Is he like, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> not really. We have an account next. So we have someone that comes in to help us. So we brought someone in a while back. So we've always had an account. Okay us with all our numbers and stuff um, for years now. Yeah. For a very, very long time. Yes. Well, I, I think, I mean, especially when you're physicians and you've got multiple businesses on the side, I mean, that's sometimes necessary to have somebody yeah. help you out with all the tax laws. And yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know, I know you love to, to buy bags yeah. and ball gowns and rental clothing. So does he see that or do you guys keep your own separate accounts or most of your money in one account? Yeah. So what it used to be actually, so I, when everything first started, we had our, our joint account, which was most of our, most of our paycheck. So his paycheck and my main paycheck would go in there. I okay. still have, actually, I still have my own separate account. It's the one that I have had since I was a teenager. Okay. And so it was the one that had all my money coming into the marriage. And then, so much, so that I actually, so I used to have two per diem jobs. So I'm an ophthalmologist. I'm a per diem ophthalmologist where you okay. get paid for what you work. So I used to have two per diem jobs, right? Um, ophthalmology jobs? Ophthalmology jobs. Yeah. Oh. And so my, 
and one of which I stopped just because it was too far of a drive. But that paycheck used to go into that account. Okay. So I used to have you know, a decent, you know, a few thousand dollars in that account every month. And that was what I used to, so my phone back, right? So <laughs> that, that was a little bit. And then everything else would go. So Rodan and Fields, my other ophthalmology job, Peter's job, everything went into the joint account. And from there, that's when you So I had a little stash, right? Okay. Um, probably over the last... Yeah, well, actually, I quit that job probably like three, two, three years ago. Okay. And then ever since then, I've just, he sees it now. But he, he hasn't sees it. Yeah. <laughs> he's okay with it. Now he sees it. But he didn't see it for a long time. But, and now he sees it and he doesn't say anything. Okay. And I guess it's it's both ways, right? So he doesn't try to control me when it comes to that. And I don't try to control him when it comes to. Mm-hmm. You know. Does he similarly spend on like big ticket items or I mean does he have um so I guess his big ticket items would be more like electronics like okay kits, you know so okay. um yeah so he he does like courses trips um he did mm-hmm. a peloton tv yeah. for those things <laughs> okay. okay we have separate accounts and most of our money goes into one mutual account we do separate accounts too Cause he just, he cannot see that. He cannot, he can't even see when I go to the, I mean, not that I've been to the hair salon since like January or February. I don't, can't remember, but I don't know if he could see it now, but he definitely couldn't see it when we first got married. Yeah. And you have to kind of gauge it like, you know, and, and the reason I had that, um, my, that's what my mother told me. So my mom, who is the, you know, she told me uh-huh. you need to keep your separate account because you need to maintain your freedom. And that's what, what she advised me. So that's why I had it. Yes, but, a lot of mothers are telling their daughters that, I think. You know, and but just, you know, over the years I realized that that didn't bother Peter. Right? So that's why I don't use it. But I mean, if it was, like if he was, you know, which is understandable, you know, just like if he was like what what, you know, what about this bag? And mm-hmm. I probably would be more protective about of, of that mm-hmm. second account, but I just felt like I didn't really You don't need it. Anymore. I didn't need what? it anymore. Power to you there. Yeah. And what do you consider um one of the smartest financial decisions you've ever made in your life? I mean, honestly, it's just trusting Peter. Trusting and, Peter? Yeah, that's just because I, I don't really know too Peter, much. did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I mean, I have, I'm of the mindset like my mom, just save, 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 right? Save, mm-hmm. save, save. Like that's the safe. Yeah. So safe now, but that's the easy, secure way. Just save, save, save. But Peter had the vision. I guess like my dad too. My, my parents do have real estate as well. Okay. They do. I guess I didn't really understand that growing up, but now I do. But Peter really honed in on that because he was like, oh, your parents oh, have apartments. Okay. Your parents have this. I'm like, oh, yeah, they do. And so Peter really got into that. So that's not something they taught you or or involved you with as you were growing up? No. Real estate? Not really. Huh. Do you think that they were ever going to or is that something they didn't want you to do? Or no, I think they um, – I guess it just didn't – Think that I needed to know at the time. I mean, okay. Um, and after Peter and I got married, it became clear. So as Peter grew to understand it, I grew to understand it too. So my parents were setting, my parents were so smart. So they um, invested in real estate. So any money they had left over or whatever, they would invest mm-hmm. in real estate. So they had multiple apartment complexes. And then as mm-hmm. my brothers and I went into medical school and training, they would buy us. So, you know, when I went into training at UCLA, my parents bought me a little condo. Oh, okay. Which we still have and we rent out. 
Rent out, yeah. My brother got a little con, not so little. Huh? My brother got a bigger condo, and then my, <laughs> my younger brother got a house, a townhouse. And so where where are these places? So uh, my little brother is in San Diego. Okay. And then my middle brother was at Harbor, so Redondo Beach. Okay. Right. Mine was mine was in Brentwood, right near UCLA. So yeah. So okay. the, the money was probably the same. So my little condo yes. is the same amount as a house in, in San Diego. All in California too, man. And so my parents were really smart. So the, and the whole idea was that they got us these places and then it's now mine. Right. Right. And so I understand, I, I understand that. I think it's huge. It's really funny because my brother, my middle brother still doesn't understand that. So okay. My middle brother is like, I don't want to pay mortgage on this thing. I'm not even there. Like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Peter and I are like, we'll take it. Buy it from him. Yeah. Well, he didn't, he didn't even pay for it. So I'm telling my parents, like, just we'll manage it. Live there or somebody else living there? So right now it is empty. Oh, somebody wants to live there, I'm I sure. Know. That's what, I mean, anyway, that's a whole, like, family thing. Oh, okay, like, okay, got it, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So we've told my parents, like, we'll take it. Like, we'll take it over and we'll run it. Like, we'll Airbnb it or whatever you want, you know? Like, yeah, um, yeah. Because my brother is not interested. So my brother does not get it at all because that's like a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Your brother, huh? <laughs> I know you mentioned Peter's confidence earlier, but okay, you have amazing you have an amazing amount of confidence on everything you do, like everything we see. So can you share a little bit about your secrets or what are the keys to your confidence? I mean, as a either a parent, a a wife or or a doctor high income earner. I mean, I think it's really funny because you, like we kind of talked about that with the sport, like you assume that you, you have, assume I'm confident because of what I put on social media, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's just what I put on social media, you know? And I, I actually, so funny. I just did a post today. I mean, confidence honestly is, I think you can build confidence, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have it. I'm like, well, that's okay. You can build it. You know, so I always say like, you know, imagine or think back to the first day you started as an attending, mm -hmm. right? Or think back on the first day you brought home your baby, mm -hmm. right? Like, how'd you feel? Right? Confident? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. what the fuck I was like, am I supposed to be teaching these other people things? Yeah. <laughs> right? Or as an attending, you're like, I don't know. I need to, I need to look it up. Right? Like, I'm not sure. Or like your baby, you're like, is this how you swaddle? I don't know. Same thing with social media. Like you post something like, ah, are people going to like, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't want to put myself out there. But the thing is, as you do it, and then you gain the experience, and then you gain the confidence, right? And you, oh, in, you get, the, you know, get the confidence. The same thing, like you work your job 10 years in, you're a pro, right? Like right. not a problem. Same thing. Ten years in, you I mean, or six years or whatever, like you can change a diaper. You know, not a pro with as a mom, but you know, I don't No, but that's a perfect analogy. I mean, because I mean, even though you're not a pro as a mom, you after you bring your second baby home or third baby home, you kind of feel like a pro after that first baby threw you all off. Like or you're at least better at it than you were the first. And time. so I think with social media, it's the same thing. You know, like my first few posts, like, eh, eh. And I think now I've gotten pretty good at writing photos, um, what topics to talk about, like how to present it. And you just get better at it over time. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Vicki, for talking with us today. Are there any 
take-home points or advice you want listeners today to know about medicine, marriage, or money? I think honestly, in life in general, I think whatever you want something to look like, so whether you want to the type of doctor you want to be or the type of schedule that you want or what kind of marriage you want, it's something you have to work for, right? It's not just going to happen. Like you don't just like wake up and be like, oh, or oh, I wish my marriage was like this, or I wish I was part-time and then you do nothing about it, you know? Like it takes work. You can't wish for things. You have to do them, take action. Right. So whatever marriage you want, whatever relationship with money that you want, whatever kind of job, you know, you have to like, So like I said, Peter and I, we made a decision, like we wanted to be part-time. Okay. So you want to be part-time. So we built businesses outside of medicine, right? Mm -hmm. We have to work on our marriage. And so we're, you know, we take courses, we do classes on marriage to work on that. Oh, well, okay. Tell us a little bit about that. Like what kind of courses or classes can people sign up for if they're looking? What we did actually, so my husband is really into Tony Robbins, right? You know, yeah, it's Tony Robbins. So he was initially introduced to Tony Robbins more kind of like a mindset motivational thing, just kind of like rebooting your life, you know? And then we got kind of involved in the business side. He, so Tony Robbins is like a life coach, right? And he coaches on all aspects of life. So not just mindset, but also business and uh, marriage. And right. so we kind of, Peter got kind of involved in that world, like mindset, business, and then Tony Robbins offers a relationship seminar Okay. every couple of years. And we went last July, last June, last June, last July. Um, and it was amazing. Totally. Amazing. It was like the first time that we've tried couples counseling before, just because we've heard uh-huh. that it's a good thing to do. And just to, you know, but I, I'm going to be honest, I never really we never really got it. We went a few times and it wasn't it really. It wasn't your thing. Well, it's not for everybody. Everybody has got to find the perfect yeah. or not perfect, but Something there's that just, works for them, right? Yeah, it works um, for them. So, or maybe it was just that therapist. I don't know. But we knew yeah, exactly. that this was really good because what it did was it wasn't just like talking about your problems, which is mm-hmm. good. Obviously, you want to like hash it up, but it really went into the psychology. Okay. And I think as physicians, I get, I like that, right? So you're like, okay, what is the psychology of a woman? Oh, right. the psychology of a man? I really, really enjoyed that. And then and then we found out that through Tony Robbins, he gets a lot of his material through someone named Alison Armstrong. Okay, Alison Armstrong. Alison Armstrong. She has a book, but you can just look her up. It's one L, I think, Alison Armstrong. And so she has a whole bunch of stuff, like webinars, books, and things like that. And so we've done that also. So probably a few months ago, we went through an Alison Armstrong mm-hmm. online course. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, I, and I, you're definitely not the first person to talk about Tony Robbins, like marriage, uh, week long trip that he does. I don't even know. I don't know if he does it anymore, but I probably later. No, it's every two years. Okay. It sounds amazing. So anybody out there wondering, there are courses you can take, trips you can go on. You just have to start searching for them. Okay. And Vicki, tell us a little bit about where we can find you. If listeners are interested in following you on all of your platforms, where can they find you? That's the easiest is my blog. So www.vickichanmd.com. So that's my blog. Everything's linked through there, but you can find me on Instagram and TikTok as vickichanmd. So V-I-C-K-I-C-H-A-N-M-D. And then on Facebook, I have my married name. So Vicky Chan Kim with my husband. Oh, yes. How I introduced you. Yeah, yeah. Vicky. Okay, <laughs> Thanks so much, Vicky. No, thanks for having me. It was super fun. Thank you. Hey, bye guys. Until next time.
I teach in this podcast useful and you want more in-depth personalized support for your relationship, I invite you to reach out to me at medicinemarriageandmoney.com where you can book a free 30-minute consultation with me. If you are a physician, you can join my free Facebook community, also called Medicine, Marriage, and Money. I am so excited you joined us today and cannot wait to connect with you again soon. Thanks for leaving us a five-star review and for telling your friends about the podcast. Much love to you and your spouse. You are right where you need to be in this moment, and we can help. Adios, my friends. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.